You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And good morning, everyone. Um, I uh, wanted to say to you before we start the show, it'll be, Justin will help me some, but Barry came uh, a little bit ill, didn't feel well last night, uh, still not feeling well, and so I'm going to do the show by myself uh, for Yellowwood. Uh, Yellowwood has always been so good to us. Jimmy Rain's been a good friend, and we talk about them all the time. I hope that you'll call in. Uh, just don't, I'm not going to, I'd like to talk with all of you that our regular ones call in and visit because I need you to call in today more than, than ever. Uh, I've got a lot of things I could say and I've, I've gotten a lot of stuff together. I didn't find it out until a little bit after six. And, uh, so, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of time, but I, there are a lot of things that are, that are fairly important that we can talk about. So as we go through the show, all you guys who have who are regular callers, I hope you will call in for me, please. And uh, remember that uh, this is brought to you by Yellowwood. We're still looking for sponsors. Uh, I still think we got a good show. Uh, I'll kind of ramble around and tell you the things that I know. And uh, if if I miss out some, on something that, uh, that uh, you want to tell our listeners, you can do so. Uh, Justin can butt in and not butt in, but, but be a part of our show just as well. So, that's a that's a situation we have today. So um, we'll 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 start off by just saying that um, Alabama had nine players uh, totally right now to enter the transfer portal. Uh, most of you probably saw that Eli Holstein was one of the one of the quarterbacks. I I got some information. And you may you may know more about it than I do that Ty Simpson uh, indicated that uh, that he was going to stay. So uh, Eli Holstein, uh, Seth McLaughlin, uh, is the center who struggles some, and uh, the Preston kid uh, have said that they they're gonna gonna make a move. Uh, so uh, Terrence Ferguson uh, also entered uh, into the transfer portal, which I think hurts maybe hurts the depth a little bit of the interior line line uh, for next season. Um, and they had some others that, that, um, uh, decided that they were going to get out, uh, the Benson kid, um, uh, who's the wide receiver. Um, of course they get the kid from South Cal, some, from Southern Cal, a defensive back and, and, and Christian story, uh, Earl Little, uh, defensive lineman, um, Monkel, uh, Goodwin and, and, uh, Miles, uh, Kisterman, uh, Kisselman, I'm not pronouncing that right, are the nine people that they have decided uh, that they're not coming back. You know, there may be others that decide that Alabama has a, a length of five five more days than everybody else, which gives them, you know, pretty good help there. And I think that's, you know, that's in their favor of some degree. But those nine, if you have any comment about those and know anything about something that I have said that that uh, might be different uh, from that, then 
you can certainly give us a call. You know, the defensive the defensive play at LSU this past season was poor. You know, people, you've called in and talked about that. Uh, everybody knows that, and they just went through periods of time where they were pretty bad defensively. And as we see coaches leave, we see players leave, we see head coaches fire people. Um, uh, LSU, Brian Kelly, has fired four defensive uh, coaches. Um, uh, Matt House, a linebacker coach who I thought did a good job to start with. Safety's coach, uh, Kerry Cooks. Um, cornerback coach uh, Robert, uh, cornerback coach Robert Steeples, and defensive line coach Jimmy Lindsay. All four of these guys are looking for a job. Um, either they didn't put it together, work work work, work ethic well, they didn't recruit well. But I would imagine basically this was done because of the way they played on the field. I don't know what they did off the field. Obviously, not enough to. To merit uh, coming back, and any time that you go in, I fired a couple of basketball coaches. Um, when you call people in and you dismiss them, uh, it's easy for me to tell you what happened, but it's not easy for you to face the guy and tell him that uh, you want to make a change. Uh, I don't know how many people that are listening to our show have had situations come in where you you had to let somebody go, and um, you know it's it's. It's pretty much a pretty much a struggle. So that's what what's what's happening there, and we'll we'll see what happens. The other thing too is, and this doesn't surprise me too much, is that Gene Chizik, uh, they've decided to go another direction at North Carolina. Most of you probably know that Gene Chizik worked for Mac at the University of Texas when he left uh, when he left Auburn. And I don't know how many years, but two or three years for for Gene there, and then of course Gene got him back uh, when they, you know, when they went to North Carolina uh, after a change there. And I think Gene did okay, but it it just it just didn't it just didn't work. And uh, so um, um, based on based on that, um, um, coach, do you I, think do you think with the way the transfer portal is now, with all these players constantly? kind of on the move, NIL being thrown around, that it's affected coaches moving more as well? I feel like we've seen more coaches hired and fired than we have well, in the past 10 years. Well, you have a, you have a situation where your teams are, are uh, unbalanced at times, where some of your, more of your guys left than came in uh, year after year, uh, and, your, and your teams are not what you thought they were going to be. And and when that happens to you, uh, when that happens to you, it's it causes causes the head coach in that situation to get you know all worked up about you know what direction that uh, uh, their program is going. And of course, the, the assistant coaches, uh, head coach trying to save his job, and so he he doesn't feel like maybe the assistant coaches are doing the kind of job that they need to be doing. So that's that's what happened there. And, um, so that bring it, letting all four of them go, you know, you got to go to the athletic director. You got to see about how you're going to pay them, uh, what kind of contract they had, uh, who you, you already know who you want to get. 
in that particular case. Uh, you know in advance. If you've got your mind made up when before you ever play Wisconsin in the, in the in the football playoff, exactly what you're going to do. And uh, so you know you got your mind made up on probably who you're going to hire, and there'll probably be some announcements made about that. Um, I'll switch over to if you have any callers, welcome for you to call in. Uh, I'll switch over to some of the quarterbacks that. Uh, are uh, are looking to transfer uh, probably the best available transfers uh, at quarterback uh, the Nelson kid who was uh, at USC who did who was a freshman who obviously didn't get the kind of playing time that he wanted you, you transfer for two reasons money if you find out somebody will buy you you think about the the guard at Alabama basketball who went to Memphis. Who I thought was good, y'all didn't. I, I thought he's very good. Uh, it's made them a lot better. No tell what they paid him to go. So you either go for playing time or money. Anyway, the Nelson kid uh, is gone uh, from uh, USC, and uh, his big Kansas State uh, is losing Will Howard. Uh, I'm not sure how how good you know how good Will will be, but he he uh, he he took him. Uh, I think it was eight four season and played through through for over two thousand yards. So whatever happened there with the coaches, just going on money, whatever. He's he's eighty eight now to gate. Now Liberty, Liberty uh, Salter kid, at, at, who's the quarterback at Liberty, uh, they had a they had an undefeated season until they got to Oregon. Uh, a little bit of a mismatch in that in that particular game to start with. Oregon just so much better. Um, but, uh, he's transferring from, he's a sophomore. And so he's transferred from Liberty to wherever he wants, I guess, who, uh, whoever will take him or whoever will pay him. Uh, another transfer, uh, is from Arizona. Uh, Arizona ended up having a, a pretty decent year. Got, uh, he, he threw for over 3000, uh, he was at Washington state prior to that and, um, a good player. So. I don't know if Auburn is interested in these guys. Alabama's got about all the quarterbacks that they need if they can get get the ones that uh, the new one that they have and, and the ones that they have. Bryson Barnes is a quarterback from Utah uh, who um, is going to transfer. He's a junior, uh, has a chance to be a good player. And, well, um, Coach, I, th- I think you're right. I think Alabama definitely has all the quarterbacks we need, but we need to take our first break here. Okay. We'll take a break, and if you want to call – Call in. If you don't, then then just listen to what I have to say. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We're seeing just a seven or eight minute drive both directions on 2059 between the I-359 interchange and Skyland Boulevard. If you're traveling on 359 from I-20 on up to the Stillman College interchange area, no big problems there. Very quiet ride into and out of the area. So let's hope that continues as we move along for this Thursday morning drive. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. 
Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good Thursday morning. 2024 is an election year, but West Alabama will get a jump on the national voting with a special legislative election. That'll take place next Tuesday. Republican North Court Attorney Brian Brignard will face off against Democrat Fayette County Commissioner John Underwood for the District 16 seat that was vacated when Kyle South resigned to become the president and CEO of the Chamber of Commerce of West Alabama. The district encompasses Fayette, Northeast Tuscaloosa, and Southwest Jefferson counties. Don Hartley, Townsquare Media, Tuscaloosa. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Nice day today with a good supply of sunshine, the high 52. Tonight, mostly fair with a low at 30. Tomorrow, increasingly cloudy. Rain becomes widespread tomorrow night, the high 54. Saturday, rain ending early, becoming partly sunny, the high 55. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 28 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And sometimes you'll tune in 10 after. Uh, Barry's not feeling well today. And, um... I didn't find it out until about 6.15, so I'm giving you what, what I have. And, of course, we have J.C. on uh, today, and um, we um, uh, will have uh, – who else we got on today? Tom Hart. I got Tom Hart on today. And, of course, we got great callers. I think Tom's on first. Um, appreciate you guys calling in because I've got it by myself. But Justin does a good job, so we'll, we'll get through it okay. Good morning, Tom. Morning, Coach. How are you this morning? Thank you. I'm hanging in there pretty good. Well, good. I, I hope Barry gets the feeling well. I'm uh, sorry to hear he's not well. Yeah, I tell you what. I tell you what, Tom. Um, I don't know where you are with your weight, uh, and I'm not preaching, but I am preaching since Barry's not here. But who, if you and everybody else, myself included. Um, a weight problem can be a little bit of a problem for you and concern. Oh, it sure can. I'm telling you, Coach, I work on mine every day to try to stay. I'm 70 years old, and uh, I, I am at my recommended weight for my height. I have been for some time. Uh, I do a, a couple of things. I, 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 of course, I've told you all before, I, I do a lot of walking. You know, I walk yeah. nine or ten miles a day. That's great. And, and, and I enjoy because I love Alice for where I live. And I love to get out and, sure. and walk and look at the town. And uh, yeah. and I got my spots that uh, that sometimes that when I come from one spot to the other, it gives you a view of this little town. It's just absolutely gorgeous and it really does my spirit good yeah. to do that. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Sounds sure corny, I'm sure, but to me it's a big deal. And uh, But, yeah, I work on my weight constantly because I am so fearful of diabetic. Yep. Diabetes. Well, it's all kind of thing. You know, we got a lot of, uh, got a lot of strange illnesses now. Um, right. The uh, um, Donahue kid, Ed, Ed Donahue, who coached T.R. Dunn and was a great coach at West End, passed away yesterday. 
And, really? Uh, yeah, I called his his daughter yesterday, and Ed was a wonderful, wonderful person. I called T.R. and T.R. had just found it out. He coached T.R. at West End, and I don't think his was a weight problem. He would come in to watch Jim and Scott coach it at Faulkner, and he would sit down in chairs and just enjoyed watching practice, never said a word, went to all the games. And uh, his wife is also struggling, and you just you just don't know. There are so many deaths this day and time that, and I don't want to get on that in a radio show, but there there are so many cotton picking deaths this day and time. You don't know the cause of it. <laughs> I know, I know. A friend of mine, fifty years old, was a college basketball player. We went to church together last year. And he was fit. I'm talking about fit. Go yeah. go and play four quarters at fifty two years old. Fell dead. Yeah. And uh. Uh, of course, everybody got mad at me. I blamed the vaccine and all, you yeah. know, and I don't really, I shouldn't have done that. I, I apologize. Yeah. Well, Coach, you've got to stay on that weight thing. You have yeah. to watch what you Well, I didn't, I didn't mean to bring that up. What, what you, oh, what, what do you want to talk? No, I, I brought it up. So what, what's going on with you? I'm, uh, well, I was going to bring up the transfer portal. Yeah, I do. Do so. And, and, and Coach, I'll I tell you what, I just, I'm curious. And not just in Alabama, but from one end of the country to the other, what would you say that the percentage is of that when kids come in for their year-end evaluation, uh, the coach says, look, we love you as a person and everything, but you really need to move on. How many of them do you think it is that the coach is telling you there's not a place here for you anymore? Well, I think in some places uh, more than others. Uh, I think pretty much when you have evaluated, you know, we always talk about who you recruit, but the, the big key is to be able to evaluate the ones that you do recruit. Can they, you know, Alabama got got put on probation in football one time when they recruited a guy in Memphis, and he could, he wasn't even a player. <laughs> okay. that, yeah, yeah, that you know that way he was he wasn't even good enough to play. So you remember those people that was in on that deal doing that recruiting? Sure, wasn't real bright. No, the brightest no. people we've ever. So, yep. So, yeah. I don't know that I can answer that, but that, at some schools more than others. But I think you. What happens to you is this: the dad tells the, the prospect when you when you're called in by coach, find out where you are, son. Find out what you, what's going what's going to ask him in a nice way, but find out where you are. And, and so many times the kid will will say to you. I got hey coach, if I got a chance to play, and then you have to go with it from there, and and you pretty much, if you want to keep the guy, you want to keep him, you you, you pretty much, if you're coach Saban, you pretty much tell him he's got a chance to play if he keeps working. If he doesn't, you you say you know, you know we've got a lot of a lot of guys you want to really work to play. So it, it it's when I walk out of that office and I go to my dad, I'm not exactly sure what the coach said. I, I think I'm going to, you know, I, I, nobody's offered me any money. Now, there'll be some that'll walk in there and say, I have an opportunity to go somewhere and do pretty good. Uh, or they might tell the assistant coach that. They might not tell, they might not tell coach that. Well, you know, uh, most notably, Coach and Tom, uh, I draw. I think it's very few situations that it happens, but at least at Alabama, most notably, and this was before the transfer portal was really a big deal. Uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, he went into the yeah, office and Nick Saban said, "You're probably better off to transfer," and that's why he ended up going to Oklahoma. Well, I tell you, uh, Justin, if y'all, I don't know if y'all remember, but right after the season ended, Coach Saban addressed the transfer portal 
yeah. kind of in passing. And this is what he said. He said, look, there are those that don't transfer. Some need to transfer. Some don't. And it's all, all over the place. But he said, look, he said, nobody has to do this. The transfer portal is not in a vacuum. We're here to help you. Yeah. Now, how about that one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's. And that uh, goes both, both ways. Sure it does. Stay here and to leave. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's in right. there. That's right. And, uh,. Coach, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I'm sorry you. I rambled. Oh, that's no, good. Uh, well, I, I like Phillips on. I think uh, hopefully, and both of you guys do a good job of calling in, and everybody else does too. So, well, we'll I, see what I, I really enjoy the show. I hope Barry gets paid. Well, I hope so too. Okay, thank you. Uh, anyway, the transfer portal is always a big stink, and it's always um, you're, you're counting numbers to see how many kids that you have, how many kids you might like. How and you have staff meetings. Your coach Brian had that. We never had anything like that. But we'd have he'd have he'd have three staff meetings. He'd have a staff meeting of the defensive people, a staff meeting of the offensive people, and a staff meeting of the whole of the whole group. To talk, they didn't have analysts or anything like that. Philip on. Yeah, let's go to Philip right now. Okay. Hey, Philip. Hey, hey, coach. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? What's more? What's uh, up? What's going on? Good luck, to Barry. Hope Barry gets feeling better. Well, thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to say um, Alabama had a player portal yesterday that, that baffled me. Okay. I mean, truly baffled me. And his comments upon portaling baffled me more than his portaling did. And that's uh, Earl Little Jr. Which one? Earl Little Jr. Yeah, yeah. The quarterback. Yeah. Now, Earl Little Jr., um, you know, he's he's a young guy, cornerback, played behind Kool-Aid and uh Terry on, you know, and um and his comment after portaling was that, you know, he wanted to play but it was not in the culture here. I have no idea what he's talking about. I don't either. I, you know, sometimes you come up with words when you're a young kid that you don't really know, you know, maybe your daddy or your coach said that well say this, you know, just talk about it. you know. It sounds to me like that um, maybe he couldn't get along with people. <laughs> um, well, yeah, and, and you know, I mean, I don't know what the guy's thinking. I mean, did he think he was going to come in and take playing time from Kool Aid and Teron this year, plus yeah. Amos and Key, yeah. the two? Transfer guys that had that had a lot of experience over him. I think the guy made a mistake, yeah. and you know I don't know if anybody with any sense can talk to him or not. If he can be talked to, but that, you know, that truly baffled me. Well, you know what? You know one thing for both of you. One thing for both of you. These kids, unless they have some encouragement, don't give themselves time. No, no, they don't give themselves time. Basketball is a little bit different, but you got. I can pretty much tell when I had. 15 guys out there. Uh, of course, I had back when I first went to Alabama, we had freshman teams, and I knew good, good and well by the time they got so, but these sophomores whether they could play or not because they were playing the freshman schedule. <laughs> and, and to some degree, we were playing the freshman schedule in football because uh, I had Stabler and Joe Namath in, in class when they were freshmen. So uh, they just don't give themselves time, Philip. And, and, and I don't know, I don't know what, what that word culture comes from but that that's their problem 
Oh, it is. And I, I'll be so glad when culture, the word culture runs its phase in, in athletics yeah. and that word disappears. I just, I, I get so tired of that word getting tossed out there. But anyway, coach, basketball. Uh, real quick, real quick, Philip, before we move on to basketball, I do want to add that uh, I saw that same report from Earl Little Jr. And mm-hmm. on Twitter, he responded to it um, with a hat emoji, which basically means that it was a lie. So I, I don't know if I'd question the validity of the quote, but that might not be, you know, as face value if Earl Little Earl Little is saying, you know, that that wherever that quote came from, it, it wasn't true. But I don't know. Well, well, you know, uh, that's good. That's good that he did that. Yeah. If that's if that's true. So, uh, but yeah, he, uh, if it's if it's not true, kudos to Earl Little for putting that out there. But yeah. Anyway, uh, basketball coach, I'm going to make my prediction. Okay. On the top three teams in the SEC. All right. Great. Um, great. I'm going to have uh, I'm going to have Kentucky uh, going 16 and two okay. in the league. Good. I have Auburn. Going fifteen and three and finishing two. Okay. I have Tennessee going thirteen and five and finishing three. Okay, that's not that's not a bad pick. I'll, I'll, hey, I'll hey, hey Philip, those are pretty darn. Yes. You know, you used to call them football, but that's pretty good picks there. I think I think uh, you know I'm, I'm very careful what I say about basketball, as you as you can mm-hmm. tell, because mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to think I'm trying to coach somebody else's team. I had a hard enough time coaching mine. But I think mm-hmm. uh, I can, if the big guys that Kentucky play well and get to play and, and get better, I think they they might win the league. So uh, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, they're good, and and Auburn is unbeatable at home, pretty much. Yeah, and yeah, all right, and they Auburn Auburn doesn't turn the ball over. They just no. don't turn it over. No, they they have the, they have nights they don't shoot it. Well, everybody has nights they don't shoot it quite as well. And Tennessee's got a pretty tough schedule, although I think. I believe this year they don't have Tennessee playing Auburn twice. You know, that's all. I have to look. I, I, I don't think I've studied it, but you know, my study and my brain <laughs> time looking right. so much, I forget. So. Hey, Philip, we, we appreciate your call, but we got to get to a break here. Yeah, man. Hey, y'all have thanks, a great Phil, Hey, thanks for calling in, Philip. I appreciate it. Oh, appreciate y'all. All right. So we're gonna hit a quick break, Coach. And then we come back. We'll have JC Sherbert. Okay. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We're seeing just a seven or eight minute drive both directions on 2059 between the I-359 interchange and Skyland Boulevard. If you're traveling on 359 from I-20 on up to the Stillman College interchange area, no big problems there. Very quiet ride into and out of the area. So let's hope that continues as we move along for this Thursday morning drive. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Town Square. Though Jimmy Rain decided that the best way to advertise Great Southernwood was through coaches. Gene Stallings, Pat Dye, Steve Spurrier, and myself, and many more coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking, fencing, playsets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the internet, look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. Accidents. 
Mr. SEC Tournament, Wimp Sanderson, gives you his excellent analysis every weekday on Inside the Locker Room, right here on Tide 100.9. Well, it's time for J.C. Uh, J.C. is just back from his wedding, I guess. J.C., good morning. Good morning, Coach. Good to be with you today. Uh, uh, Barry's under the weather today, so you, you got me today. But uh, tell me about the wedding. Ha! It was nice. It was nice. Uh, we actually, uh, I don't know what's wrong with Barry, but uh, you probably tell by my voice, we had kind of a flu bug hit the whole wedding yeah. party Yeah. Uh, between rehearsal dinner and New Year's Eve. So people were kind of in and out, but... Um, I powered through, and my bride, she didn't actually get sick until New Year's, so she's <laughs> recovering now. But uh, I tell you, we had a lot of, a lot of sickness around here, a lot of flu, boy. Yeah, yeah, it was influenza A was what uh, people – one guy went to the doctor, you know, because guys don't go to the doctor. So no. one guy in the party went to the doctor, and he got – doesn't figure what I got, but uh, she's recovering still, and it was a nice uh, – Seaside ceremony in Jupiter Beach, and uh, we had a lot of events in West Palm as well. So it's beautiful down there. Uh, I don't know if you ever get down that way, but uh, yeah, I have not it's, much. Uh, it's a uh, um, South Florida this time of year can't beat it. So it was a it was a, a good time, and glad to be married. Glad to have uh, you know. I guess I've been not married for about ten years, and uh, good. Oh, that's well, great. Ten years, so it was good. To, good to be back in the in the club, so to speak. Okay, I um. I have said this, and I'll say it to you. In the history of Michigan football, uh, whether you like them or dislike them, they have never called a better timeout than the timeout that they called when Alabama was going for two. Uh, I think that's the great timeout because uh, and uh, Tommy – if Tommy doesn't put that ball in the hands of, of Milrow, then everybody goes crazy. Why in the crap did he put it in? The, the lead blocker didn't block. Um, Tommy's catching the devil. Uh, the the timeout made it Alabama change plays. Alabama had them by the you know what? If they run if they run it and they call and Michigan call timeout, then Alabama calls timeout. Coach says they have three plays set up to run. Uh, if you don't run Milrow, people people bury you. He runs them. The lead blocker didn't block, and they don't make it after changing their comment. I don't know if you watch that or even want to talk about it, but uh, that yeah, that's yeah, something that's come to mind. Go ahead. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, you're. I don't know. It's just one of those hard. I mean, you know, great play calling sometimes. Fans look at it as what works, and then what doesn't. Yeah, uh, that's right. You are going into the teeth of a tough defense. Um, yeah. That said, you know, you go wide on those guys. And, and that's the difference between Michigan this year and Michigan in previous years. They are SEC five on defense laterally. Yeah. And so you go wide, that's risky as well because they're awfully fast. Um, yeah. What I'd like to have seen a little bit more than just uh, quarterback power, probably so. Maybe some sort of option. Uh, maybe some sort of. I mean, you remember the play, uh, gosh, it was uh, Texas and Southern Cal back about 20 years ago. Vince Young and the shotgun on fourth and five. Yeah. Uh, it was a pass, but it was really a run. And he just yeah. went for the corner. You know, you well, spread him out, you go for the corner, you take your chances. But, I mean, I, I don't know. 
that that play call will obviously live in infamy. Um, but it was a great timeout. Jim Harbaugh is a great coach. Uh, so is Nick Saban. Uh, it was a great football game, and this is just Michigan's year, folks. I mean, it just uh, yeah. Well, they out, they did some degree. They out schemed Alabama a little bit on offense. Yeah, I thought, well, and, uh, they, well, and, well, and, well, and you know, well, you know, the other thing too, JC. I know nothing, but I thought I thought Blake Corum. He's the worst looking runner for the being the to be the best runner I've ever seen. He looks like a he looks like a gooberhead running, but he he's a low four star guy out out of I think Virginia somewhere they found it. Um, and there's a lot of guys like that. You know, their quarterbacks for Chicago. Uh, he he spent something they canceled because Chicago during the pandemic was a lot like North Korea. So they canceled uh, football in <laughs> Chicago's senior year, and he went to IMG. But he was a five-star guy. But other than that, it's a bunch of guys that were not – I mean, weren't even close to Alabama's recruiting ranking. But they develop players better than anybody in the country. Uh, you remember Jim Harbaugh won at Stanford, uh, you know, uh, kind of using the same formula. And, you know, uh, he uh, – Blake Corum, you know, his whole secret is – there's no secret. It's just – Will and desire, yeah. and vision and feet and uh, a lot of things. So he, uh, my dog doesn't like Blake Corm. That's think. okay. But, uh, but he, uh, but you know, you're right. I mean, you know, their receivers. You probably line them up at a combine. They're nothing to write home about. But boy, they 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 fight. You know, yeah. and that's uh, that's just kind of in football. That's just kind of what happens sometimes. You got. You know, teams that just uh, <laughs> may not be quite as talented, but they they play together. And uh, and this year, though, I, I will say this about their talent. Like I said, this is a different level of speed and athleticism that they've assembled, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. You know, and then you throw that quarterback in and Corum and the guys they have on offense, a great offensive line. I mean, you know, it's a recipe for success. And, and now, Coach, think about this. Since Alabama won it in 2020, if Michigan wins, and I do think they will on Monday, that's three straight years of teams that are just kind of big and powerful football, old school kind of football teams winning it. Georgia two years in a row, and and then Michigan. So maybe maybe the spread and and all those. You know, we thought we were kind of going into an era with all these high scoring offenses. Maybe maybe it's still the same game. Run the ball, play defense. You know, I thought I thought that uh, Milrow had a complete game of trying to catch the snap. The snap was left, the snap is slow, low, the snap is too high, uh, the, the, the two snaps that were bad. But I thought the, the entire game it, there wasn't there weren't great snaps to him where he could he could move as well. Uh, to me I and I, I know that I know the guy that made the bad snaps is getting in the transfer portal and I'm not trying to get on a radio show and knock anybody, but I thought he'd struggle like the Dickens with really getting a clean snap. I even thought I even thought he didn't get a clean snap on the last play there when they tried to score for two. It didn't seem like it did it. It seemed like there was a lot of kind of I don't I don't want to say nervousness, but you know, the the exchange just was not clean. It didn't yeah. seem the whole night and you know, when you're playing in that kind of game and your quarterback's athletic like that, and you're relying on split-second decisions, that half-second of hesitation can kill you. Yeah, yeah. You know? sure would. So it was just one of those things. But they had, you know, Alabama had a great year, and they and they they were, if you just said it to the, if you had said after South Florida that Alabama was going to be in the Final Four, you'd laughed at it. And, um, 
So, you know, it turned out to be not what, what coach wanted naturally, but, uh, he, he coach does a very good job of handling himself when they get beat. Uh, unlike, uh, probably Hugh Freeze doesn't, Hugh Freeze kind of an I guy, me guy. Um, he pretty much, he pretty much does a pretty good job. I think of, of, of handling well, He doesn't like, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I, I think coach Saban's a competitor. And I, I think that he, he, he's the one thing about him. He's very consistent. And yeah. so I think he's continuing continues to believe that you can learn a lot from a loss. You know, <laughs> and you can. Uh, I mean, look at when he's lost through his career, how they, that program's responded. So I think that uh, – I think he's right about that. And, uh, you know, I think that that almost – it gives him things to fix and correct and prevent in the future and, and all. I mean, like the snap you mentioned. I mean, I guarantee you they won't have that issue again. No. You know, if, if they break that up, there's going to be a lot of snapping going on in Tuscaloosa this offseason. Sure. So, um, you know, I, I just uh, he's a great coach. Yeah, I just uh, the one thing I did not want to see. I did not want to see Alabama or anybody, and I like and I like the coach at Texas. He's good. I like him, but I didn't want to see Texas have the break of playing at home, uh, whether it be Alabama, whoever, Michigan, whoever. I just I, I, I and and Washington is. Uh, always goes past expectations. <laughs> the expectations are not good. All of a sudden they win. But I was I was kind of in my own little way thinking Alabama was going to win. Glad that Washington won. I didn't want to, didn't want anybody to go to have to play at Texas home field. <laughs> not home field. Yeah, but, but. I mean, yeah, now Houston, as, as one of the major cities in, in Texas, they've got a lot of A&M people in Houston. But man, yeah, they do. Yeah, you're right. The fan base is huge. Yeah, you're man. right. I mean, you know, like, it's 6-1. to one. I mean, they they uh, they would have – I mean, you look at the price of tickets. I mean, just to get in, if it was Bama and Texas, it would have been 2200 I would guarantee if it was Texas and Washington, it would have been 2200 Now it's down to about nine. Uh, so – but yeah, I mean, but the same thing with Georgia playing in Atlanta a few years back, you know. And Alabama won that one, but uh, it uh, for the Longhorns, you know, it, it hurts a bit. But I'm gonna tell you this right now: the coach at Washington, Kalen DeBoer, good. Think, think about what he's done. Booker Bear's good, <laughs> and th- this guy started it like Division Three. I mean, he's wor- he's not a guy that was, you know, born on third base. You know, he is a. Uh, he started the Division Three. Um, you know, you look at the last two coaches at Washington. You had Sark there for a while, and then Chris Peterson, who's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Sure he is. And Boy. this guy's come in and done better than those two at that program, which had been bad for about 20 years before Sark kind of turned them back and started recruiting well and stuff. So that's a great fan base at Washington, too. People don't realize that. That's yeah. a, that was on my bucket list to go to a game there, Coach, because they have it's right there on Lake Columbia, and so they pull their. It's like Tennessee; they pull their boats up and tailgate stuff like that. Yeah, they call themselves the Dogs, yeah. <laughs> the Huskies, the Dogs. So it's yeah. uh, they say go Dogs. So it's well, uh, it's a different type place. But uh, glad to he, see them have some success. Yeah, he came close to winning the Heisman, um, and it could have won it. I think you don't get as many votes at, at Washington as you would everywhere else. Justin, you have some? Yeah, I just had a question for JC. Okay. Is Every team except for Washington and Michigan are, are firmly moving into the 
the off season, if you will, of college football. And uh, for Alabama here in Tuscaloosa, we've seen a lot of our players start to enter the transfer portal as uh, yeah, you know our chances of winning the national championship are over. Uh, I know your work with Carolina Rise and stuff like that. What does it look like in the off season as far as what you're going to be doing and as far as for these players that are going to be basically re-recruited again to all of these different programs? Yeah, well, at South Carolina, they they didn't go to a bowl, so all that kind of happened in December. Now they've got they've had some late defections, so they need some linebackers and some things like that. They're, I think they're having visits this weekend, but you know what will happen is these guys will get in the portal, and you know some of them have agents, uh, some of them are chasing nil money, and some of them are chasing playing time. It just kind of depends on who the players are, and. uh yeah, Alabama does such a really a good job of of developing and, and all that that shoot most of those guys that enter the portal have chances elsewhere. I mean, uh, and that's just normal. Uh, I think that's the, the world we live in. It's sad in a way because fans don't. Uh, number one, fans can't get too attached to players uh, anymore. Uh, you, you don't need to go buying a jersey or anything. <laughs> uh, although that is nil, and they do get money off that. But number two. Um, you know, I think with recruiting, you know, and I got 20 years covering that, uh, it's made people kind of hesitant to get too excited about high school recruits because, I mean, man, you, yeah. you look at the departures from Bama and Georgia, and all these guys are rated really high in high school. And so uh, I think it's diminished that a little bit because you just never know. Uh, it also proves, I think, that in a good way, maybe we don't emphasize the star ratings as much because, uh, you know, Georgia's still going to be awfully good next year, and they lost how many five stars? I mean, it really, at the end of the day, is a talent maximization game. So maybe this helps educate some people on that, and we won't have coaches getting fired like Dan Mullen because their stupid recruiting class isn't in the top five. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, I assume just in general talk, it you know, Alabama and, Alabama and Georgia would be the favorites for for next year, I think the big thing, and I was, I, I took Tennessee as my blue plate, one of them, and Ooh, yeah. quarterback, the quarterback. Uh, I got a buddy at, at Knoxville, and he, and he he called the show. I had him call the show, and he says, "Coach, they're going to change quarterbacks, and they're losing 15 players." And I said, "I don't care. I'm still going to pick Tennessee." And this quarterback, yeah. this quarterback, Tennessee's not bad. He's pretty good. <laughs> oh yeah, he's going to be really. He'll be better than Milton. Uh, for them, I think I think they're upgrading at that position, and uh, you know they lost a lot. The problem they, they lost a lot on defense, and it was kind of weird. But they've got a lot of good young defensive players, especially on the line that, that really came into their own this year. They're gonna keep blitzing and pressuring and doing what they do. So I, I think the Vols will be just fine next year. You know, I'd worry a little bit. You know, if I'm Florida, I'm worried. If I'm Oklahoma, I'm a little worried coming into the league. I'm Arkansas. I'm kind of on my last leg. What about South Carolina? Well, it's going to depend on how good Lenore Sellers, their quarterback, is next year. Uh, I think defensively, you know, they got everybody back, and then they added some good pieces from the portal and recruiting. So that they'll t- they'll be better on defense next year. I don't know coaching wise what's going to happen on that side of the ball, um, but uh, offensively. Uh, you know, they had 12 offensive linemen hurt this year, so you know that position is going to be better. They upgraded at running back in the portal. They got Rocket Sanders from Arkansas and some other guys. Uh, and then this quarterback they got is going to be a really, really good coach. Just trust me on that. So, 
they have a chance. Their schedule's different. You know, there's no they don't play Tennessee, they don't play Georgia, they don't play Florida for the first time oh. in thirty years. Mm, yeah, it's uh, Ole Miss. They play Ole Miss, LSU. Uh, they go to Tuscaloosa for the first time in fifteen years. So uh, it's an interesting schedule, but uh, it uh, it's certainly one I think the Gamecocks can can manage and wow. get back to a bowl at least. No, uh, the big talk around here, um, Barry and I talk about it some, and some of our callers call in about it, is Hugh Freeze a little bit, and I like Hugh, uh, uh, is a little bit more of an eye guy. I, 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 I call the touchdown pass. I didn't have time to I didn't have time to, to prepare for this game like I should have because I was recruiting, and I understand recruiting is darn important, that, more so than the game. But it becomes a little bit of a, if we succeed, it's me. If we didn't succeed, it was somebody else. And uh, I don't think that's affected recruiting because he's got money to recruit on. And um, and they're going to they're gonna do a good job recruiting at it, and they're going to get better. But it's kind of interesting. Auburn's a little bit interesting to me now. Yeah, I don't think there's really a whole lot of excuse for that game. I mean, they Maryland didn't have the Tagovailoa kid. uh they're missing some guys. I mean, it, it Maryland up and down all year, and then they Auburn just couldn't get anything going. And uh, I think I think what he meant by recruiting those man, he's got to recruit his current players too. Yeah, I mean that, that that's what coaches are faced with. But look, there's plenty of teams that had good bowl games that prepared the right way. <laughs> you got how many support staff guys and film guys and guys that know ball that can help you break it down. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I know he's frustrated and all, but man, they, they, of all the games that, uh, of all the bowl games, that one surprised me the most because Auburn was giving up five and a half. It's in Nashville. It's the first bowl game. I mean, they didn't go to one last year. You know, Maryland's missing a quarterback. I mean, it was a, it was a shocker to me. So, uh, well, yes, I don't, I don't know that that one, I don't know that that one would fly with the Auburn. If I was an Auburn fan, I don't know if it would fly with me. Yeah, I don't think they. I think I think they weren't really mentally because they thought new quarterbacks were gone, <laughs> and so they're gonna have a yeah. good time. I, I, yeah. I, I thought that. I thought the quarterback leaving uh, hurt Auburn more than. I mean, I thought it hurt Auburn getting ready more than than had he played. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, because you kind of just go in, and then and, and I've seen that happen in bowl games before. You know, you got yeah. Other teams got some key players missing, and you know, you know, you're just like, well, we'll just roll over these guys. Just doesn't. Albert's just not there yet. I mean, they should learn that against New Mexico State. But you can't just can't just show up and expect to win yet. Uh, you're great. You're you're great in recruiting, and know more about it than in anybody. Um, are we going to have any changes in in NIL? Are we going to have anything change at all in where they transfer at all? Anything there you can tell our listeners? Nah, I don't think so. And the reason is, uh, I'll give you this straight answer. Lawyers. I mean, you look, they tried to say you can only transfer once. And uh, immediately they get sued. I'm still on. Sorry about that, Coach. I uh, <laughs> JC just dropped. I'm going to give him a call back so we can take this quick break. I'll give okay. him a call back, and then we can end the top hour with JC. Well, well, tell him, tell him we're going to call back, please. Tide 100.9 Traffic. 
Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. The first traffic hazard you may encounter today will happen before you even leave the driveway. Very frosty morning across much of the area, so you may have that to contend with. A little windshield frost this morning. What we haven't had are any big traffic accidents, at least so far. If you're traveling 2059 from Foster's out to Cottondale, 359 or McFarland Boulevard, you're moving along at posted speeds. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Catch Christian and Corey Miller every weekday here on Tide 100.9. Coming up tomorrow on the Miller's Edge, we got our main man, Stephen M. Smith, in his own words. Bama Senate will join us to talk about Alabama's loss to Michigan. And we'll look a little bit at the championship game. Can Washington outduel the Wolverines? We got all that more coming up tomorrow. Tune in 11 to noon to hear Christian and Corey Miller break down everything from college to the pros on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Football. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A nice day today with a good supply of sunshine, the high 52. Tonight, mostly fair with a low at 30. Tomorrow, increasingly cloudy. Rain becomes widespread tomorrow night, the high 54. Saturday, rain ending early, becoming partly sunny, the high 55. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 26 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. JC? Yeah. Uh, let me fin- get you to finish up as I fall. We, we lost you, but uh, I asked you about the NIL and the transfer portal, and you were fixing to tell me something good, and we lost you. What? Uh, not him well, everybody's everybody's getting uh, lawyers. That's that's why it's not going to okay. get fixed. Because, I mean, you look at the NCAA that they they tried to do a common sense rule. You can only transfer once for free, and then you got to sit out, and then everybody gets sued. And, yeah. and next thing you know, it's free for all again. You know, okay. they just don't. There's just no way to to win. You know, and, and they're they're waiting to they're waiting to pounce. I mean, and that's it's sad. Yeah, the lawyers have gotten involved. Like, and they be that way. In I don't, I don't want you to do nil that way. But uh, I, I can certainly see the transfer portal is is something right out there waiting in front of you. Anyway, yeah, I, it, it it's crazy. I mean, that's just uh, because it's it's I I just I don't know what you do without some sort of government intervention. Yeah. with uh, with the portal and with nil, just because it's uh, like I said, every time every time they try to do something common sense wise. They get sued by somebody that probably yeah. lacks common sense, yeah, you know, right. and, and then they they lose the the battle. So it's um, I don't know what you do. I, I think we're in for a free for all. Yeah, so yes. or somebody decides yeah. to to do it, or they break big time football off, and uh, and then uh, the big time organization sets its own rule. Yeah, appreciate it, JC. Sorry, we messed up on the on the break, but. Uh... I'll talk to you next week. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yes, sir. Take care. Right. Okay. Okay, that's JC, and we'll take a break. And uh, Yellowwood, of course, sponsors our show, and we'll take a break. Uh, Justin and I, you have, we can have callers come in before the 15 minute after, and we'll have Tom Hart on for about whatever, and then uh, we'll end the show also with your callers as well. Tide 100.9 traffic. 
Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. The first traffic hazard you may encounter today will happen before you even leave the driveway. Very frosty morning across much of the area, so you may have that to contend with. A little windshield frost this morning. What we haven't had are any big traffic accidents, at least so far. If you're traveling 2059 from Foster's out to Cottondale, 359 or McFarland Boulevard, you're moving along at posted speeds. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Eddie Garcia. In NBA games of note, the Pelicans knock off the top team of the West, the Timberwolves, 117-106 to in Minnesota. That's just the second home loss in 16 games this season for the T-Wolves. Pacers scored 47 points in the third quarter en route to a 142-130 win over the Bucs. Clippers down the Suns in Phoenix, 131-122. Paul George had 33 points. Kawhi Leonard, 30 points in the win for L.A. Hawks over the Thunder, 141-138. Oklahoma City missed a chance to move into a tie for the top record of the West with a win. Kings over the Magic, 138-135 in double overtime. DeMontis Sabonis, a triple-double for Sacramento, 22 points, 23 rebounds, and 12 assists. Heat down the Lakers in LA, 110-96. LeBron James is 12 points for the Lakers. Knicks knock off the Bulls, 116-100. College basketball, couple of upsets. Miami knocks off number 16, Clemson, 95-82. And Seton Hall wins at number 23, Providence, 61-57. Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, we're back on uh, for the second hour. I, uh, for those of you who are just tuning in, sometimes you get you don't get the first hour, you get the second one. Barry uh, is a little bit under the weather today and doesn't feel real good and wasn't able to be on. I didn't find out about it until pretty late this morning. So we've gone through, we've had two great callers this morning. You're welcome to call in and visit with us. We're going to have... Uh, uh, Tom Hart on at 15 after, but you can call between 9 and 15 after if you wish. Uh, of course, that first hour is brought to us by Yellowwood, and everything's brought to us by Yellowwood, really. But uh, you can you can call in between 9 and 15 after. You can call in after Tom Hart is over with. Uh, a few things that um, if we have calls, I, I'll just we'll just take them. Uh, a few things that I mentioned in the first hour, if you were not listening. Uh, Gene Chiswick uh, is gone at North Carolina. At North Carolina, uh, decided to make a change there. As most of you know, he had worked for Mac at uh, at Texas uh, many years ago. Uh, the, the LSU has uh, let all four of their defensive people go. The defense was the biggest problem at LSU, um, and so that's that's what they're doing there. Uh, Clemson's running back. Have a running back that uh, um, is going to uh, declare for the for the NFL draft. I believe his name is Shipley. Uh, Will Shipley is going to go uh, leave Clemson, and LSU uh, lands a, a pledge from a, a, a 25, 2025 
uh, four-star running back, uh, Harlem Berry, uh, who's supposed to be pretty much a hot shot uh, in, in 25. And then um, the, the ex-Ohio State uh, wide receiver, Fleming kid, has uh, committed to Penn State. So we talked to J.C., we talked to uh, our two callers about uh, the transfer portal and Justin as well, about how things are changing daily because of the transfer portal. Alabama has five days more than I think theirs is until Saturday or Monday. Justin, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I think it's Saturday. Um, okay, so Saturday. Coach, you know, one of the, the big stories was it was reported, um, and I think Tom brought this up, that uh, – or, or maybe one of Philip, one of the two, um, that Ty Simpson was reportedly going to be staying. Sorry, it was probably you, Coach, at the beginning yeah, of the show. It was me. It was me. Was, yeah. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, I, I think you're right, and that's I've heard the same thing. Are you surprised by that? I know. I um, am. <laughs> earlier this I week am. on the show, you know, yeah. Barry and and you and me, we yeah. were talking about it, and I thought he might stay. Um, of course, I heard from other show hosts that that might not have been true. But yeah, what surprised you about that? I tell you what surprised me about it. Um, the t- starting quarterback is going to be back and start. They have a court, the quarterback, same what his name is from from California, who's coming in and who they who is already throwing with them, and they're saying big things about him. Um, so that's two. You, you got to have three. Um, because of, of injury. Um, and then they've got one other freshman kid there, one from Georgia. Uh, Lonergan, yeah. yeah. Lonergan. So that's three. And then you got Ty, that's four. Um, I can see where there would be, where you would do everything if you if you could as the coach to be darn sure you kept three and kept, kept injury. When you get to, when you get to four, woof, Justin, <laughs> I mean, you got you got to raise your hand to play and let them call on you. <laughs> you know, I, they opened up with Western Kentucky, and um, I don't know. I, I, uh, his dad is a coach. They come from a very good family. Uh, he's a very good player. I know that he has not been able to show what he can do, but he's better than people think. Um, he's not probably going to be out Milrow. I have no idea. I, I'm not going to stand here on it, sit here on this radio show and tell you the comparison between he and the new kid. Cause I, I don't know. I wonder if I can get you though, to draw a comparison here. I, I see a lot of similarities to the year that Tua came in and was the backup for Jalen. Jalen, you know, started the previous season, was yeah. all SEC, yeah. had a great year. Yeah. Um, similar to how Jalen this year, Milrow, kind of came in after, of course, the USF and Texas game and, and kind of cemented his spot in that role. But then Tua was the backup. And when it came down to the postseason and, and we needed Tua to go in and he eventually ended up winning a championship, Can you do you see kind of a, of yeah, course? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, I, I guarantee it's been brought up. It's been the example has been shown. That's a good, that's a good example. Um, you never, uh, you know, and, and the answer to that is you never know what's going to happen. Oh, of course, of course. You never know when the guy's going to get hurt. You never know. You probably you know the offense better than the new guy. You're not going to say the new guy's better because I don't have any idea. Must 
must be good. But uh, you, you you know what we're doing. You've been there and know what we're doing. If anything happens, you're our quarterback. Um, now, he's not going to say that like I said it. <laughs> but he's going to, in the you know, in the back of his mind, um, I would imagine that he's encouraging now that now that we've already had one de- de- departure from from the quarterback spot. He's probably encouraging him to tell him tell him a little bit about what's happened in the past, which he already knows his daddy already knows his daddy's coach, and uh, the, the guy from. The guy and his family have a lot to them. Not not because that means that if they left, they didn't have a lot to them. They do. They're I mean, they're a good family, and they know the they know the score because they've been around football all their lives. Because because his dad coaches, as I've said. So I think you're. Right. I, I don't think that I don't think that that might change. And I'm not going to get on a radio show and tell everybody it might because I don't know. But uh, as as of right today, they got four quarterbacks. Four, four of them. I think you're right. I, I'm, I'm, I wonder too if he looked back at like uh, Mac Jones' situation. He sat behind two and Jalen for all those years, and good he gets point. one good year and wins the national championship and becomes a first round pick. I think yeah. it also speaks to to Saban and especially this bowl season after FSU and Georgia and how we're talking about um, Philip loved the the word culture. But uh, I think, frankly, the way it is, having guys that want to play for you, yeah. uh, that aren't sitting out of bowl games, yeah. and I think Ty Simpson's kind of bought into yeah. that. You know, I had thought maybe that an SEC team might put a bunch of money on him to go with them. Uh, because, let me let me say this, too, that a lot of people recruited this kid. Ty wasn't just recruited by Alabama. He's recruited by a lot of people. So a lot of people knew he could play. And I don't know. I can't remember if he was a last-minute commit or not. I, I, I don't know that they thought. I don't sure whether they thought he was, they were going to get him all along or not because I wasn't in that recruiting battle. But uh, he, he, you know, he's a good player, and he's he's better than the than the people that are listening to this show think he is. Now they don't. You know, they 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 all want to decide on South Florida game. And I'm going to tell you one more time what happened there was that when they're in their staff meetings, before they went to South Florida, they needed to know who the second string quarterback was going to be in case Milro got hurt. And that was the only place that they could do that. That was the best place for them to do that. But when they did it, it, it upset Milro and probably upset some of the offensive and defensive linemen and it backfired on them a little bit. But it, it was it was the best thing to do if if you could do it and and have everything go smoothly. But even in the win at South Florida, everybody got all out of whack. But once you get out of whack, Justin, and win and then you start then you start winning again, you know what they say? Boy, you really have coached them good. <laughs> but, but you got them from where they were at South Florida all the way through. And people brag on you. I, and, I think uh, you're right, Coach. Well, we got to take our, our break here, and then we're okay. going to come back with Tom Hart. All right, thanks. <laughs> Don't miss. 
road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A nice day today with a good supply of sunshine, the high 52. Tonight, mostly fair with a low at 30. Tomorrow, increasingly cloudy. Rain becomes widespread tomorrow night, the high 54. Saturday, rain ending early, becoming partly sunny, the high 55. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 28 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Inside the locker room with Wimp and Barry on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, it's time for my favorite announcer, even though sometimes he doesn't wear the right kind of sport coats. Most time he does, but uh, he, to me, is the best there is going. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Morning, Coach. How are you today? I'm okay. Barry's sick today, so I'm doing it by myself. Um, before we get before we get into basketball, which is the next step, give us the uh, only thing I have said was this uh, about football, and you didn't have the Michigan game. I, I watched the games that you had. Uh, the probably the greatest timeout in the history of Michigan football is when they called timeout when they when they thought they couldn't cover Alabama on their on their two point conversion, and mm-hmm. and it got changed. I think that's probably the greatest timeout in the history of their of their program. But uh, talk a little bit about SEC football. What you thought, what you did. Um, uh, quarterback at Tennessee is terrific. The new one. Um, just a little bit about that before we talk basketball. Well, I I think that um, there is a feeling throughout the course of the season that the conference as a whole was down a little bit, mm-hmm. and I you know I, the the results of a four team playoff aren't always conclusive um, and a, a great way to judge the season, but I think maybe the the reasons why we thought the league was down relative to other leagues was, was evident. And that was quarterback play. Yeah. There are elite quarterbacks in college football. Michael Penix may be the best one out there. Obviously Jaden Daniels won the Heisman and he had an amazing season, but they had no defense and Brian Kelly has since fired most of the defensive staff. Yep. Um, so it didn't really matter what Jaden Daniels did, but um, watching Penix, even what Bo Nix did in his bowl game, um, the SEC typically has the best players in college football with an outlier here or there. And if something was, was just off a little bit. And, you know, I, I think there's a reason Jalen Milrow didn't start every game this year for Alabama. I think there's a, a reason they had to limit what they could do offensively. And it's not all on him, by the way. Um, yeah. Once again, the wide receivers unable to get separation, running backs unable to make big plays. Um, it just wasn't what we're used to seeing from Alabama. But I'm excited about next year. Obviously, with Oklahoma and Texas coming in and the expanded playoff, the way Missouri finished its season, 
And what they're doing recruiting-wise, uh, Lane Kiffin, once again, got the best defensive player in the portal, and they finished with 11 wins for the first time ever. I, I think in the end what you're seeing is that as good as Georgia was throughout the course of the season, you're seeing the the middle of the pack, so to speak, or the top third of the league catch up with the top two of the league. Yep. I think that's good for the SEC. I think that's good for you know folks that want to sit at home and watch great games. I think it's good for folks that want their teams involved all the way toward to the end of the season. Um, and I think it will make for some exciting football next year. I I, uh, I always talk about the transfer portal. The one you know it helps and hurts people. It helps Lane Kiffin because Lane Kiffin doesn't really want to go out and 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 hug grandmothers and mothers and, and shake hands with the daddies much. He'd rather he'd rather find out uh, from his assistant coaches who he can get, and he's got that quirk about him, that uh, personality about him that. He don't have to come to you because these guys are wanting to come to him to, and maybe comparing his his deal to somebody else's. And to, for a guy like that, <laughs> the transfer portal, I think that may sound crazy and you may disagree, has helped him more than it has other people. <laughs> well, he absolutely it's helped him. I mean, he embraced it early on. And he embraced the culture that you need for the transfer portal to succeed. And, and yeah. that can get complicated, but basically it goes like this. It, it's, it's, he's done what Dabo at Clemson has refused to do. Yeah. He'll tell yeah. a player, hey, you better improve because I'm recruiting somebody who can come in and take your job. And mm -hmm. a loyal. Good morning. Welcome to Starbucks. And, uh, this is What's your name? Hi, my name's Wimp. <laughs> getting, he's getting a Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get a Can I get a venti hot vanilla latte, please? All right, venti hot vanilla latte. Anything else we're with? No, that's it. Get my large. All right, we'll see you at the window for seven forty-six. All right, thanks. <laughs> well, they they didn't know what to do with that name. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, he <laughs> he embraced it, and it's not. It doesn't work for every program in that sense. I mean, think about if you played D line for Ole Miss this past year. He went and got Walter Nolan from Texas A&M, the number yeah. one uh, yeah. defensive lineman. And it doesn't matter what you've done for Ole Miss over the last 12 months or since you've yeah. been on campus. Yeah. You know, here's a guy that's probably going to play in front of you and, and, yeah. unless you get yeah. better immediately. And he's okay with that competition. And he's okay with challenging those players. And he's okay then if some of those players pack up and leave and go somewhere else. It's, a, yeah. it's just a new way to run a program. And he's not, he's proven over the years when he's not afraid of change. He's not afraid of adjusting. And I think that's what makes him a good coach. Yeah, I do too. I, I think it, you know, for some guys, it's not good. For some programs, it's not good. For some programs, it's good. I can't tell. Um, I, I'm not so sure that, that Hugh Freeze should have made the comment that he was too busy recruiting, which which is more important than getting ready for for one game than he was uh, Thank you. preparation wise, and so I think he's a little bit too much I and me uh, in his assessments of things. I know he's honest with the public and the, with the press. I mean, and everybody likes that. And it's not coach talk and all that bull stuff, but. Uh, Sometimes you got to say it a little bit different ways that, you know, when we scored touchdowns, I did it. 
when we didn't, somebody else did it. <laughs> uh, I'm with you 100%, and, and I understand his frustration of trying to get through the recruiting calendar and prepare for a game. But, uh, you know, you're, Maryland didn't have a problem doing that. Yeah. You know, Mike Likesley didn't have an issue recruiting and preparing for a bowl game. That's right. Um, so I, I I don't think fan bases want to hear uh, about the million dollar problems. No, I don't either. And you know, I think Auburn Auburn had a harder time, more difficult time getting ready to play because they thought the quarterback was gone. And the mental, as I have said, for Bobby Knight and I have talked about before we passed away a hundred times, mental is a physical. What three is to one? And uh, the mental part is is. Is the mental bar is is what makes you physically, and I think they had a little something to do with that particular game. I don't know. So, um, tell our listeners about basketball. We got seven games on. Um, we got seven games on Saturday, and um, right at the end of the show, before, after you're gone, I'm going to pick the seven winners just for the heck of it for our listeners. But uh, without the line. Um, Kentucky uh, is uh, a team that uh, has two or three big guys that are just coming around or going to play. They are shooting. uh, uh, They're making one less three a game than Alabama. Alabama's making 11. They're making 10. Creighton's making 12. (laughs) But when they play Creighton, Um, I I don't know how good these big guys are, but – you know the race. The race for me, and I, I don't want to talk too much because I want you to tell. The race for me is six good teams, and eight eight teams I don't know. There are eight I don't knows, um, and there are six good teams. Well, here's the reason why we have, and I don't know where these specifics fall among your your six or your eight, but one of the reasons we don't know about the league so far is that the rosters have been incomplete. And I think that will be the biggest story going forward because there's some very good players on teams with high expectations that um, are are only now getting their minutes. The most obvious is Tolu Smith and Mississippi state. Um, He's the best player on the team and he's back. um, I, I expect big things out of them with him in the lineup, even though it may be a little bit unfair to expect everything to run smoothly. Uh, Kentucky's in the same boat somewhat. You mentioned the bigs. Aaron Bradshaw is a seven-foot freshman. Luganon Yenso uh, has been around for a year or two. He's a seven-footer. They didn't get those guys back until the North Carolina game, uh, which is right before Christmas. And what they've done so far, um, we'll see if Calipari can stick with it, is they've played this modern style and tempo, leaning on the threes, playing mm-hmm. tempo, and they've done it with the seven-footers. Yeah. Um, and those guys, and one of the th- reasons they've had success is those guys are great rim protectors, shot blockers. So it allows the Reed Shepherds of the world, Rob Dillingham, to gamble even a little bit more on the perimeter, and they're both really good defenders who come off the bench. Um Kentucky hasn't had depth like this or or production from the bench since they had Booker coming off the bench in that entire platoon system. It's really yeah. it's really amazing what they've built and how he's gotten guys to buy in. Um other other players that aren't yet back or, or just back, 
you know, Texas A&M Got one. has a terrible defensive team, according yeah. to the stats. Well, they've been playing without Boots Radford, who's kind of their, their grinder, heart and soul defensive player on both ends. And so they've been inefficient, really, on both ends of the floor. Um, I don't know his timeline, um, but when he gets back to full speed, he'll make them a much different team. And then there's a couple of teams out there. Uh, Ole Miss is the one that jumps out the most, but Arkansas is in this boat as well. They just added guys mid-December yep. based on the new NCAA rules. So uh, Ole Miss added Cisse and... Uh, LSU added somebody. Yeah, LSU added a guard. Um, I mean, that's huge. That's huge for those guys. It's like yeah. it's like having a, you know, picking up Giancarlo Stanton at the trade deadline or something. Yeah. Well, I'm a I'm a schedule guru guy. I've always watched the schedule, and I visited with the new commissioner, um, uh, Garth uh, at, at, at SEC on on the pickings of the deal we're we're going to stay at 18 games this year of course and which means you play five teams twice uh and then the next year uh they're going to stay with 18 um and then they'll jump after that probably but um when you look at when you look at the five it's quite different than when I coached because we had to play everybody home and home even though we had, only had yeah. 10 teams and I study schedules a lot and you've got um you know, you got five teams that you play twice. If you're fortunate enough to hit the teams that are not quite as good, you can really gain some ground there as to whether you're going to be, you know, win the league or be in the top whatever uh, to get in the league. Uh, Alabama, uh, uh, Arkansas, for example, uh, Auburn, for example, pardon me. Auburn, for example, has Vanderbilt twice, uh, which is good and i think maybe old miss but vanderbilt for sure vanderbilt's gonna be at the bottom of the league here's and, the uh, thing Will. i was i was just looking at that um that's good and bad for auburn yeah you theoretically collect a couple of wins right especially a road yeah. win which um is even more valuable sure but vanderbilt is going to be a quad four opponent all season long and um i hate yeah be negative, but that is something that's going to drag down the entire league. LSU yep. is a quad three game mostly right now yep. because You're right. net is so, their net ranking is so bad. Now I don't think Auburn's going to be a bubble team, but no. they're not going to be a top five seed likely. You know they're they're looking at probably a seven seed right now. I don't I haven't yeah. done the math. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at the end of the year, going through a tough league. If they're a seven seed, that means you're pretty close to being a nine seed, which means you're close to the bubble. Yeah. And uh, as valuable as an extra win or two can be, um, Vanderbilt's got to get it's 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 too late, I'm sure. But uh, you know, and their net will go up a little bit just playing in the league. But that is, I can see where that's going to prove harmful to somebody in this league who's right after yeah. the cut line. Well, here's where you are in the league. Ole Miss will be the most improved, not because they were nine and zero or whatever they were. I told Barry that they were going to be that way before the season started because they got some players. Uh, I know Kermit real well. Kermit's a good basketball coach, but uh, they got better players now, so they're going to be the most improved. You, you see that South Carolina has improved. But I, I'm thinking South Carolina. Well, I, I, I don't know about the South Carolina-Mississippi State game, but I, I think South Carolina is not going to be where they are now. And I think down with LSU and Vanderbilt, 
uh, is going to be Georgia uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, so as I study it, as I study it, I, I pick the three A's, Auburn, Alabama, and Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee, and A&M. Uh, those six and Missouri. Um, I'm in the middle there with Missouri. They're going to beat you sometimes and get beat sometimes. Mississippi State, I'm in there in the middle with them. I don't think Florida is as good as some. I know they've won a bunch in a row. I think Kentucky beats them Saturday night at, at Gainesville. Um, so I think we've got six there, and then we got six for me, and we've got eight for me that, that I don't know. Um, but I do think Ole Miss will be the best uh, of the I don't knows. I would uh, I'd be really tempted to put Florida in in your top and, and make okay. it the top seven. Really? Um, that's just that's just from what I'm hearing. Um, I really? have not seen them yet. I'll see them next week. Um, they're they're playing at a high tempo. They've got really good guard play. Um, you know. I, I don't know yet, uh, that, but but I think that they're a fun question mark to kind of okay. figure out where they are. And South, you talk about most improved. Yes, without a doubt, Ole Miss will be most improved. I think there's only three unbeaten's left, and and they're one of them. Yeah. Now I'll point out the last time they started thirteen and zero was two thousand six oh yeah. seven under Kennedy. They first game happened to be on the road at Tennessee. Uh, with their first league game this year is on the road yeah. to Tennessee. Yeah. And they ended up, you know, uh, they ended up just kind of being a house of cards and they got into the NIT and they played well. But for starting 13-0, and they didn't make the NCAA yeah. tournament. Well, they only beaten, they've only beaten Memphis, really. The rest of them, they won the two-point games on the road. Uh, when you get by sometimes on the road, I think in Central Florida, they won a two-pointer in a couple other places. But it did be a good... Memphis team, but you can't tell about Memphis. Vanderbilt played Memphis within two points, so you know it. You know, it's, it's basketball is you start trying to figure out basketball, you go nuts. So, um, I think, I, in terms of improved teams, Georgia is much better athletically than they were last year. Okay, I don't know that that's going to translate into a ton of wins because the league's going to be tough. Yeah, um, so they're still going to be in the bottom third of the league, but um, they're they're much better, and South Carolina is much better. And I've been really impressed with Lamont Paris. Um, I had him in Chattanooga, yeah, before he got this job, and he'd kind of built everything on transfers, and I didn't know what the value of that was, and and now we're seeing the value of that um, because that's now that's now the new normal at this level, and he's got experience doing that, and they've got you know across the board. Probably every position, their talent is better than it was last year. What kind of do Do you know your schedule in advance? About you don't have to announce it, but I mean, do do uh, they give you a week by week? How you do you? How they do you? Yeah, I'm. I, I've actually I, they're doing a much better job of it this year. I've got my schedule through um, the next few weeks. Uh, Good, quite into into January, but the next few weeks. So I'll see Alabama here in a couple of weeks. I got the Missouri game. Uh, okay. And, is that next Tuesday, uh, the 16th. Um, yeah. This weekend, I've got Auburn and Arkansas, which is always a fun one. Um, sure. And then, uh, and then next week, I'll be back at uh, Auburn on Tuesday for the A and M for A and M. So, 
Yeah, I'll try to see you when you come to the Missouri game. I think Missouri's the kind of team, they're shooting a lot of threes to Missouri. Uh, probably probably the second most of anybody, so uh, um, I don't know. We'll just see. Yeah, they, they, I had them last weekend and talking with Sean East. Sean East is a junior college player who last year kind of ran the point for him. Didn't, wasn't asked to score a lot. Now he's scoring 17 a game. Yeah. Um, he's, he, he's an obvious score first guard, has the ball in his hand a lot. But we're talking about the fact that they've got some role players on that team, even a starter to like Noah Carter, who in years past was shooting 38%, 35% from three. And this year they're down to 28%. They've yeah. got to knock down shots. They yeah. still play that style, but you, if you don't make jumpers, then it doesn't matter. You know, no. and, and that's what's kind of gotten in their way so far. One well, last question. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, one last ahead, question Jeff. for you, Tom, uh, here as we about to let you go and get to our break. I mean, we're moving off of football, but what are your thoughts on the national championship, Washington and Michigan, and who do you got? Um, uh, maybe, maybe this is the fan in me and, and less the football, you know, breakdown, but I'm just a real fan of, Kalen DeBoer and, and the way he runs his staff at Washington, um, you know, where he's come from being an NAIA coach. And he's, he's basically kept the whole staff together for years. And, and Michael Penix is so much fun to watch. There's something aesthetically pleasing about watching a lefty do things, right? Mickelson yep. with his wedge or Ken Griffey swing or uh, Steve Young playing quarterback. And that's what I see when I watch Penix. So I, I think that Michigan's defense is really good. But I, I think Washington can take advantage of a lot of different mismatches, and they'll have the best wide receiver on the field in Roma Dunze. So um, maybe it's wishful thinking, but I'm hopeful Washington can put a big number on them, you know, put 35 points on the board. Yeah. Well, I sure appreciate you being on. I, always, you're always great to be on when I ask you to be, uh, be, and you do terrific, as you know. I'll see you. I guess I'll see you at the Missouri game. That'd be great. That'd be okay. great. I hope Barry's feeling better about it. Okay, right. thanks. I appreciate it. I, I hope will. so, too. Thank you. Uh, we'll take a break. Uh, Justin? Yeah, we'll take a quick break here. I, I know uh, typically we let them know about Prince Glover and Hayes. Yeah, Prince Glover and Hayes, 345-1234. Do you have a problem and you need that problem looked after because of an injury that uh, wasn't necessary, then call Prince Glover and Hayes. Go by 701 Rice Mine Road and visit with them. Uh, the phone number again is 345-1234. No representation is made that the quality of services performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Towns and Nissan Traffic Center. The weather's been cold and the traffic isn't that much hotter. It's been a very quiet ride all around the region this morning, and that trend seems to be continuing now. If you're traveling 2059 from Foster's out to Cottondale, I-359 from the I-20 interchange up to 15th Street and McFarland Boulevard, everything's moving very well as we wind down the morning drive. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Season never ends. This is your home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, we're in our final segment of uh, today's show. As um, mentioned to most of you, Barry had been sick uh, over the night, didn't feel well this morning. Um, Jenny called me, his wife, and said that he was pretty sick. And 
So uh, he's with us today. We had a good show, though. I appreciate uh, I appreciate our callers calling in, and uh, we'll be happy to take your calls. You know, the rest of the show, I'll go over some basketball. If if we don't get any calls, I'll go over what's going to happen in the basketball games um, on Saturday. But uh, Justin, you got a golf thing you want to ask? Yeah, I was I was curious of your thoughts. Uh, a story kind of broke yesterday and i know we we love to talk golf with uh doug bell when we usually have him on when he's not picking uh the wrong games <laughs> yeah. but um rory mcelroy finally came out and, and mm-hmm. seemed to uh show some i guess regret or remorse with his initial reaction to live and and players taking the deal i'm not sure if you saw this coach i did yeah and uh you know he said he was maybe a little bit too harsh at the beginning do you think he was a uh, you think it's a little late for this? I mean, we've kind of moved on a little bit, but uh, yeah, I don't think he—I don't think he's—I don't think he meant it in light of the fact that he—he's going to do it. Um, I think some people t- listen to it in the light that he might—he might go. I—I don't, I don't think that. I think he just thought that his criticism um, was a little bit harsh, maybe, and mad about things, and maybe um, he shouldn't have been. Now, whether he was trying to throw up a scare into the into the PGA, he might have been doing that, throwing a little bit of a scare to him because they can't afford to lose him. Oh, uh, no, he, uh, uh, that uh, would... Um, yeah, that would kill him. That would kill him, definitely. And, I mean, yeah. Jay Monahan's job is already kind of on the question, and if he was, were to lose Rory McIlroy, uh, yeah. we would definitely see yeah. him. Yeah, so I think, I, think that's, I think he just wanted to say, you know, well, the guy can make that kind of money. Uh, not without without saying that for for he just said he was probably a little bit too harsh on him. So um, I, I don't I don't know I don't have any, I have no idea whether he's leaving or not. I don't think so. They're go, they're they're playing playing this week in Hawaii and yeah they're they're playing in Hawaii and, and yeah. Doug Bell told us that Rory was wasn't going to be there. Um, yeah, I I don't think he's leaving either. I think he was just making the comment to. Uh, to kind of clear things up and, yeah. and give perspective to what he's thinking. I also want to add, though, um, some recent news from yesterday as well. Nick Dunlap, sure. the Alabama yep. golfer, uh, received his invitation to the Masters coming up in April. Yep. So he'll he'll be playing as an amateur in that event um, and look to look to finish high am there, uh, as well as Gordon Sargent, who's Vanderbilt golfer but from from Mountain Brook. So yeah, both of those guys are, are great players and uh, will be. We truly players on the PGA Tour, and to have the opportunity to play at Augusta. I got to play there one time, and it, I was so nervous I couldn't get my breath. But uh, Bobby Knight and I were invited down at the same time with Joe Ford to play in it, and uh, to play, not play in it, but to play, just to play. There wasn't anybody there but the caddies. And uh, so I'm curious, what time of year was it that you played down there, Coach? Because I know they kind of think keep it, it after basketball. It was basketball. I would say basketball. So with February, March, April, May, I'd say May or June, somewhere in there. And, the, and the, let me tell you, what, let me tell you how the people don't how how slick the greens are. Here, here's the best example I can give you. If you took a marble and rolled it across a glass top, that's how quick they are. Um. You have no idea. Uh, anytime that you play Augusta, you try to be darn sure that your second shot is below the hole, <laughs> not above it. Uh, 
you, you get above the hole, you've got real problems. I know one time I was playing with, I guess it was Jerry Pate, or or he was, I was around him, and, uh, you know, they would talk about if you're above the hole, you would, you would toe putt it. You need to, you need to toe putt it, um, in order to cut down on the speed because, you know, amateurs, the guys that don't play real well could four putt that booger bear. Well, uh, I'll tell you, Coach, I'm I'm envious. I was actually born in Augusta, Georgia, but I never had a chance to go to the Masters. Yeah. Before we take a, our, our break here, and uh, I think what we'll do is we'll end the at top of the hour, end the show with your picks, but we have Tim from Gulf Shores on the line. Good. Hey, Tim. Glad you called. I need a caller. Well, uh, this Rory McIlroy thing, don't you think he's just kind of helping the PGA and Lil position to make this thing come together? Maybe. Where they actually yeah. bond as one big unit. And yeah, I don't know what his, I don't know what his thought is to do that. I, I, I don't, you may be right. I don't have any idea. He's either, he's trying to keep the thing, trying to keep golf going, but getting golf so split up. And the problem we've got is with the LIV is that nobody gets to watch it. Nobody watches it on TV. They don't, it, it, it just, it's just not announced at what time it's going to be on and I'm going to turn it on and watch it. It, it. it just kills it for the average guy who wants to watch golf like you and I. Yeah, and I think the guys that are doing the negotiations for both sides, they always want to, what's well, like in college football? Everybody wants to know, how does the SEC commissioner stand on this? What's his reaction going to be? Yeah. Well, Rory's one of those guys that everybody wants to know what's his reaction going to be? How's he going to respond to all this? And I think he was just trying to say, hey, you guys keep negotiating. I'm going to be okay with this if you come together. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. I don't, yeah, because they can't afford to lose him name-wise. They can't. You know, John Rahm's a great player He because of being where he's been and not quite quite as vocal and kept his mouth shut. He he. he he left there, and they lost a good player. But he, they didn't have, they didn't lose a guy that talked a lot, that that had a, a lot of opinions about stuff. He did say he was staying with the PGA some time ago and changed his mind, of course, for that money. But uh, you know, talkers, people that are good players, are also talkers that that people like to listen to or like to watch play. Those are the ones they don't want. I mean, yes, play is first, but they like like to keep the talkers on PGA Tour. Too. Thanks, Tim, for your call. We're going to hit a quick right. break here, Coach. Yeah. And like I said, when we come back. Well, we don't have to do it today, but we can. Yeah, no worries. Uh, we'll still have we'll still have a couple minutes here to take a, uh, a call if you want to call in. Uh, yeah, if they want to yeah. call in, well, I can do this tomorrow. It's, it's, it's seven games. I ain't, I'm not picking uh, against the line because I don't even know what the line is. I can do it. I can do it both days. I may do it today and tomorrow if we don't if we have time today. Go ahead. We'll go to break. Yeah, no worries. We'll be right back. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. The weather's been cold and the traffic isn't that much hotter. It's been a very quiet ride all around the region this morning, and that trend seems to be continuing now. If you're traveling 2059 from Foster's out to Cottondale, I-359 from the I-20 interchange up to 15th Street and McFarland Boulevard, everything's moving very well as we wind down the morning drive. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Coming up next on the Stingray Show. 
On the Thursday evening edition of the Stingray Show, we are going to turn our attention to the first weekend of SEC basketball as Alabama takes on Vanderbilt on Saturday at 2.30. We will be joined by Southeastern 14's Chris Lee to talk all things college basketball and to preview the national championship game between Michigan and Washington. That is on the Thursday evening edition of the Stingray Show. Tune in. Tune into the Stingray Show Thursday night from 6 to 7 p.m. on Tide 100.9. This is a Tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. A nice day today with a good supply of sunshine, the high 52. Tonight, mostly fair with a low at 30. Tomorrow, increasingly cloudy. Rain becomes widespread tomorrow night, the high 54. Saturday, rain ending early, becoming partly sunny, the high 55. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 28 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. We're winding up uh, this show. I hope Barry will be back tomorrow. We'll see. And I appreciate uh, our three callers that called today. We we had, I think, I think we had a show that stayed stayed going. We didn't we didn't have any ups and downs too bad. It was I thought it was good. Appreciate Justin hanging in there with me. And as I said, I didn't know we were going to do this until six six twenty five. So that's okay. Um, I think we've had a great show, Coach. I, I am curious. I think maybe we should hold on to your picks for tomorrow just because okay. I'd love to get more in-depth into them. Okay. Um, but what are your thoughts leading up to uh, to this game Saturday, which I know we'll talk about more tomorrow as well? The the uh, Vanderbilt in Alabama, that is. I think Alabama wins handily. Um, of course, you wouldn't, I wouldn't say that if I was coaching. But um, I, think, I think Vanderbilt lost eight players. Uh, they've been beaten you know, at home a lot, um, you know, you always have to be ready to play because, it, you know, the kids read the paper too because it's scary on that part because they, if they read the paper and they think they're no good, they don't play as well. So the mental part of it is going to be huge. Um, physically and skill-wise, I think Alabama wins the game. I don't want to get on here and put any pressure on anybody by saying anything. I'm just answering the question. Um, when I was coaching, and, and, and the Vanderbilt has been good down through the years, and and uh, as Nate has said, Vanderbilt runs a lot of good stuff offensively. They do a lot of stuff that you have to prepare for and be ready to play. And if you're not ready to play them, then um, you got problems. And um, I feel like so, the games last year, coach, were pretty competitive. What do you think has changed with that Vanderbilt team from last year? The to this? eight, the transfer portal. They, they, lost, they lost a lot of people. They lost eight. Eight people. And I don't know who they got. I don't know. Who, and one of the problems I have is I haven't studied really all the teams very well yet. But uh, I've watched the scores pretty much. And it's just not, you know, they're just not the same as they have been. And that doesn't mean they can't beat you because the first thing you're going to say to me is where well, they played Memphis a two-point game. And that that's the way basketball is. You know, you can't, you can't. I can't. You can't gamble on basketball. I don't gamble anyway, but you can't gamble on basketball and try to take lines because it's just it's just too difficult to know. But uh, our Auburn, our uh, uh, 
Auburn and Arkansas game, Arkansas has has picked up another player uh, who's supposed to be very good. It'd be his first first game to play. I can't even think of his name. Um, but they have not played real well yet. I don't think uh, Auburn will be ready to play and hard to beat. But I think Arkansas wins at home because the same kind of home court advantage is at all uh, Arkansas that it is at Auburn. Uh, you know they're going to be. There and ready to go, and and uh, anytime you have that home court advantage in basketball, you have a team that generally plays better if they shoot it well. Last last question for you, Coach. Um, okay. In these first couple of games, as we start SEC play, so Vanderbilt Saturday, South Carolina yeah. uh, State, and Missouri. I think are do any of those games worry you up unto the Tennessee game? Because I figure the Tennessee game is going to be pretty big and a pretty tough challenge. Yeah, I, yeah, I think uh, they play Missouri home, um, and maybe, uh, maybe I, I would think that Alabama will be four and zero going to, to Tennessee. The two games, the South Carolina game, doesn't bother me. Uh, I think Philip bothers, bothers him a little bit, but uh, I, I think I think the two things that that would scare you a little bit, uh, Missouri, not as much, but a little bit, but. Uh, if the big guy is any good at all at Mississippi State, uh, he's gotten well, the big guy. he uh, Playing at, at Starkville in the second game of the season uh, would worry me a little bit. They all they all would worry you when you get ready to play them. But if if they're able to beat if they're able to beat uh, Mississippi State at Starkville, I think they're going into the Tennessee game winning and, and for a tough game. And then after after the Tennessee game, they got Auburn, so that'll be it. Look, thanks, Justin. I appreciate it. I hope Barry will be back tomorrow, and we'll go from there. <laughs>